Uh, morning, everybody. It is Thursday, 17th of February. Chris, you've done the ABC this morning. What's the quick overnight rank? Dow down 55 points. US markets ultimately little change, though. The major points being the Fed meeting minutes where there were no surprises. Fed basically saying that more interest rate hikes are coming and they will be aggressive in reducing their balance sheet. None of that new information. The other factor, of course, geopolitical tensions. But again, nothing new on that front. So all told, a relatively quiet session. I think the main point on that uh, Ukraine stuff was NATO saying they don't see any evidence of Russians leaving Ukraine border. In fact, so, there's more troops coming apparently. Yeah, yeah, so the Kremlin could just be uh, playing a spoof anyway. Anything could happen at any time on that front. Indeed. The other moving part was uh, economic data, US retail sales jumping 3.8% in the US overnight. Obviously a very strong read, almost twice as strong as expected. And you might have noticed Shopify down 16%. I've put in charts today on the strategy section of uh, Temple and Webster uh, Redbubble, Kogan, the, the shareholders already know this boom has bust in e-commerce, but that's what the Shopify comment is. To use their quote, we do not expect the COVID-triggered acceleration of e-commerce in the first half of 2021 from lockdowns and government stimulus to repeat in the first half of 2022. The pandemic era e-commerce adoption rates are expected to drop in the March quarter. Now, we've had top-down macro stuff, haven't we, uh, Ben, about consumer discretionary? And it tends to paint the whole consumer discretionary section at the moment, doesn't it? Yeah, well, consumer discretionary is pretty much the first thing that gets sold off in a rising interest rates environment because it's by nature discretionary. It's stuff you can afford to not buy. People are worried about their mortgage, so they spend less. Exactly. And and we're coming out of COVID as well, and there's no stimulus around. So consumer discretionary on the nose. Sorry, Chris. No, that's okay. Just one point to wrap up. Nice to see commodities bouncing overnight, in particular crude up 1.7% after being down three and a half the session prior and iron ore bounced 3% after the big wipeout, almost 9% the session prior. So some steadiness there. Yeah, I'd say on the iron ore stuff as well, that uh, 8 to 10% drop we had on one day is the NDRC in China trying to talk the price down again. That looks like more a comment than a campaign, but we have to be worried about it turning into another relentless campaign against the iron ore price going up, which has doubled in the recent bounce. And I can see with BHP's results, Fortescue's results out of the way, their dividends coming up. That's some people might think with the iron ore price now 6% off the top and the market looking, the market dithering, uh, that maybe that's it for the iron ore trade for the moment. I can see some people thinking about selling it. Uh, We, of course, no income uh, investor would do so with the dividends coming up. We won't be selling it uh, just yet, but I am watching that top topping out happening in iron ore at the moment. Uh, Good. Tom, what's happening today? There's a heck of a lot. Try and keep it short. West Farmers, Telstra, Goodman Group, Transurban, Woodside, South 32, Newcrest Mining, Tabcorp, Crown, all announcing numbers this morning. We also have January jobs numbers as well. Best performers early, Whitehaven Coal, Tabcorp and Woodside. Whitehaven Coal doubled revenue and grew profits on the back of higher energy prices. Bit surprised by Tabcorp up 3.5% initially despite cutting its dividend. Revenue rose, however, and Woodside up 3.2%. Profit more than doubled. So you can see 
Woodside and Whitehaven up on those higher commodity prices through the half. And we've had a couple of wins in our portfolios this morning with Cleanaway. And have a look at the Cleanaway chart, the Goodman Group chart, and you'll see what a forever stock chart looks like. But Cleanaway on its results up 3.3% today. Uh, we've also got Goodman Group up 4.3% today. And uh, I also noticed in the rural sector, remember those Grain Corp results were really good. The, the bush is doing well. Uh, they've had unseasonal seasonal rain if you see what I mean. And Ridley Corporation today, another great set of results. They do animal nutrition feed, bulk feed and all that sort of thing. Anyway, Ridley up 5% today, which is sort of similar to Elders was the idea that Elders and uh, rural stocks might be doing quite well. Sorry, Tom. Worst performers early, West Farmers, Origin and Kodan. West Farmers down more than 4%. Talk of higher costs, disappointment from Kmart and Officeworks, hurting even despite the pre-released or the trading update at the end of January. I think it's a bit of an overreaction. Trends are improving for Officeworks and Kmart. It remains a high quality stock and will continue to look more appealing as the focus turns to the future and FY23 forecast. So that's my opinion there. Telstra up 1% early. Looks like the market is a bit more focused on the underlying numbers, not the statutory result, which wasn't too flash. Guidance reaffirmed, although a skew to the second half is needed to achieve the top end of those ambitions. Progress on his T25 strategy, cost cutting and exceeding its asset monetization target. Some of the positives, $0.08 cent dividend was maintained. So that was uh, positive out of that. And jobs numbers today, CBA expects the economy to add 40 45,000 jobs in January, unemployment expected to fall 4% from 4.2%. And that is better than what the RBA sees with the RBA forecasting unemployment to reach 4% next year. So quite ahead of those forecasts. Uh, thanks, Tom. Leighton, what a broker's saying. Loads of results uh, around, keep it short, uh, loads of results yesterday. What are the brokers saying? Yeah, there's heaps to get through. So I'll just touch on a couple of them. CSL was up 8.5% on their results yesterday. A lot of good broker commentary coming out there. The brokers believe that on the way out of COVID, plasma collections should pick up. Just having a look at the chart this morning as well. It was up around $290 and it dropped down to about $250 and it's just bounced yesterday. So it's looking like that could be the bottom there. We've got the average target price, 18.3% above the current share price. Another one that I saw that was a bit surprising, Evolution Mining. There was three downgrades this morning. Comments were that management guided to stronger second half operation performance, but there are concerns among the brokers about minimal cash flows and negative gearing. The average target price is just about in line with the current share price. And Breville was up about 2% yesterday on their results. The broker commentary was focused on the strong first half, made more impressive with all of the current logistical issues. And the average target price there is 12% above the current share price. And just one more interesting one that I saw, touched on it yesterday, that Atomos. Morgan's had an ad rating with a target price 115% above the current share price. And then yesterday afternoon, Ord Minette also had a buy rating with a target price 121% above the current share price. Interesting. Uh, we've got Breville up another 3.9% today. So following through. 
Uh, right, Henry, uh, what have we got in Henry's take today? Um, thanks, Marcus. Just a few things uh, catching my eye this morning, and I won't spoil the pitch by going through one of them. But, uh, the lithium boom yesterday, we saw Albemarle results after hours, and they were down. So the market was certainly going for more of that. And we also saw NVIDIA results as well. They beat forecasts, but uh, the stock price is down there. That's important for the ETF community because NVIDIA is a big part of those NASDAQ and other ETFs. As far as uh, stocks today, there is uh, one one that I'm looking at, which I will talk about in the pitch, and also a good article in the Sydney Morning Herald today, I'm sure it was in The Age as well, from Ambrose Evans Pritchard about what's happening in Russia at the moment and why they could just stay there forever. Uh, they have a very good government balance sheet, high energy prices, and they could just stay on the border for a long, long time. So uh, interesting times. Uh, thanks, Henry. Right, okay. Uh, I I got a comment from a member the other day, which I think is right, which is... You Newsletters spend a lot of time talking about what's happened rather than just giving me an idea. So we're going to do something called, which we're going to call the pitch, where we're each going to pitch a stock. Can't be, don't take too long doing it. People will be more interested in the idea than the detail. They can read that in the newsletter. So we're all going to pitch a stock. We'll start with Chris. So sure. Chris, your stock. Uh, my stock is corporate travel reported yesterday was up quite strongly on the results pulling back a little bit today but this leverages what i was talking about yesterday in terms of travel and marcus has been talking about it as well in terms of travel being uh, potentially a, a good place to play over the next 12 months they narrowed their loss from around 37 million to 10 million the big kicker though was the 180 percent increase in revenue obviously growing coming out of COVID and growing strongly total transaction volumes up 416 percent the north american operations and this is really key and now above pre-COVID levels. So it just shows the potential for these travel companies. Once everything gets going, they really can accelerate, as I said, coming out of the pandemic. Other than that, better down an acquisition that they made in 2020 of US-based travel and transport. It was a counter-cyclical move. Obviously, buying and uh, making an acquisition during that part of the pandemic and that part of the cycle was uh, raised some eyebrows, but it's a move that is definitely now starting to pay off. So things lining up nicely for corporate travel. Chart looks pretty good as well. Would like to see a breakout above $26, uh, but definitely moving in the right direction. Tom. National Australia Bank is my pitch. Up almost 20% in the last year. Quarterly results ahead of expectations. Share price trend is the most attractive out of all the big four banks. Improving customer satisfaction, market share gains, very solid there given the challenging environment. NAB had been losing market share the last two years. Management optimistic about the outlook, targeting flat expenses this year. Interest rates are moving higher. A good place to put your money. Oh, thanks, Tom. <laughs> One of the major banks. We were looking for something possibly more interesting than that, but that's okay. We'll move along. Uh, ben. Hopefully mine's a little more interesting, but it's not particularly new. We have talked about it a few times and that is computer share. So just in case you don't know, they provide stock registration and transfer services to listed companies and handle the dividend and other distributions globally. And they are one of the big obvious beneficiaries of a rising interest rate environment within our market. They had their results on Feb 9th. That was a beat across the board. Their EPS guidance lifted from 2% to a massive 9% and cost guidance was stable with cost control measures in place to 
combat inflation, which is, of course, one of the other buzzwords of this results period. Margin guidance for FY22 rose 5% to $152 million, with the assumption of 100 basis points increase in the Fed over the back end of this year, which is around the middle of what many analysts are expecting. Some are far beyond that. But the results also showed other services and segments were all pretty much growing outside the mortgages. Brokers mostly like it. Four of the seven majors covering it, giving it a positive recommendation. Credit Suisse has a thesis that it will more than double earnings between FY21 and FY26. Risk potential on that estimate. And at the end of the day, nothing else really matters, but computer share earnings are driven by rising rates and their ability to take a little extra margin on cash deposits. Seems inevitable we're heading that way sooner rather than later in the global economic environment. And CPU is one that I'd expect to perform well in that. Share price on record highs just got 26%. It's 16% up since results, 45% up in the last six months. Yeah. Dropped about 50% during the pandemic. But in an environment when lots of things are going to have the wins against them, I wouldn't mind having my money with something with the wind behind it. Yeah, there are lots of companies you suddenly realise are hoarding people's cash, not giving them a return. <laughs> things like CFD platforms, that's where they make their money. Yeah. They're sitting on, on billions of dollars stuff. and net wealth and premium and Hub24 and all these platforms are sitting on people's money and not paying them an interest rate. And so when rates go up, they make a fortune. Well, I noticed in their results, they they noted that with a predicted 100 basis point increase in the average interest rate, they would get 90% of the benefit. Right, there you go. Henry, what have you got for us? Thanks, guys. Uh, my uh, pitch today is for Lark Distilling. I wrote a big thing this morning in Henry's take about it. This one got whacked yesterday on one of the craziest corporate stories I've seen, the sudden departure of the CEO, Jeff Bainbridge, who has turned this company around. Laura McBain now taking the helm. You'll remember Laura McBain is ex-Bellamy's, ex-Maggie Beer. And uh, this is about marketing. This is about branding. They have cash in the bank of 56 million. They have whiskey in the jar. They have a huge stockpile of whiskey maturing in the next few years. Uh, they're going to have a million uh, litres, I think, uh, two million litres by the end of this year, which is then ready for maturation over a period of time. Whiskey gets more expensive as time passes. This one has suffered because of Mr. Bainbridge's behaviour. And I think a global drinks company will just pounce on this. Three million market cap. It's easy to see this one. They did a capital raise at five bucks. It's currently trading at $3.88. He is gone. Damage is done. Let's move on. Whiskey in the jar, cash in the bank. That's that's really interesting because they've gone from what, 560 down to 360, something like that. And their revenue line, Henry, they go from in 2020, 2020, they were 7.4 million to 16.5 million in 2021 and 29 million on the forecast in 2022 and 50 million in 2023. Uh, unbelievably, this Hobart whiskey company is a uh, growth stock and it hasn't made a profit until the forecast is, at, well, it made a profit last year, but the forecast is their profit is now going to ramp up. And here you are with the price down $2 and the um, CEO on the uh, TV smoking meth. <laughs> Oh, it is an that, 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 that is actually a good thing, I think, for the company because it does um, throw a little bit of uh, interest in the company. And anyone that's looking at it would be going, hey, this company is in a bit of trouble from its uh, C-suite. Maybe now is the time. So I think this one will get knocked off. Very good. Uh, okay, my pitch is simply CSL. You can read about it in my spy section today. As Leighton mentioned, the price is down from 320 to 260 It has been an 
absolute underperformer for us over the last couple of years, pained us in the um, portfolios. It is bottom of the range. Those results yesterday saw the price up 8.5%. They're up another 4% today. The worm is turning. It's been all about the pandemic and collections as well as acquisitions, but they seem to be going okay. But it's all about collections now improving and they are expected to get back to pre-pandemic collections in the March quarter, which we're already in, at which point sentiment should be imp- or should have started to improve on the results yesterday. And just to point out that there's a chart of the PE history and it has dropped from its highest PE in history in the last year to its lowest in the last three years over the pandemic. PE is lower than its long-term average at the moment. And we've got a bit of a sentiment turn. So I'll go CSL. You can read about that in the news. In my section today, I have a portfolio alert. I'm selling net wealth after the results yesterday. This whole group of stocks, these fast-growing platforms, which is premium, hub, net wealth, are clearly finding their margins, which they were could push out as much as they like, finding their margins now getting squeezed by costs. They're competing with each other. The 20% growth rates have gone to, for net wealth, a negative. Now, I think if you look at the charts as well, this whole complex of stocks has tipped over the top. Net wealth is going to be the winner. They'll probably take over premium eventually. Uh, there'll be consolidation in the sector. There's still growth in the industry, but for the moment, I think the tide has turned against them. They're no longer free to grow sector. They're now free to compete. It sort of has buy now, pay later commodity style overtones to it. So I'm just going to get out of net wealth in the forever portfolio and watch from a distance for a while. Doesn't mean we won't get back in at some point. I've also got a video on Poseidon Nickel in the newsletter today. That was Pete Harold presenting presenting at the RIU Explorers Conference. I've listened to it. It's plain vanilla stuff, nothing terribly new in there, but still quite a good story. And the nickel price keeps running. That's about that. Right. Question of the day today's name, one investor, good or bad, and why they are. Chris. So the investor I've focused on is Stan Weinstein. He's written a book called Secrets for Profiting in Bull and Bear Markets. Bit of a corny title. It is a fantastic book, though. It teaches investors something that I like, and that is to ignore the fundamentals and just focus on the technicals. Eyebrows raised in the room. (laughs) But Stan Um, Weinstein for me. But I know the educated investor uh, people very well. It is one of their best-selling perennial books. Good. Thanks, Chris. Tom. Star of the big short Michael Burry, not Bill Murray, as I (laughs) said before, (laughs) the Ghostbusters actor. Michael Burry, reasoning for picking him, he stuck to his guns when everyone was telling him he shouldn't. So I think that shows very strong integrity and belief back back what you believe. Research-backed integrity. There you go. Rather than just guessing. Ben? I will go with Ray Dalio. He is probably, he'd fit in on the Marcus Today desk, I think. He says what he thinks, regardless of uh, what else other people might think of him. And I recently listened to his book, Principles, which had some interesting investing things, but also some good kind of life uh, thoughts. Uh, so I enjoyed that. Leighton? Yep. 
Um, don't know if you'd call him an investor or a salesman, but I've gone with Jordan Belfort. I just think, I think it's just phenomenal how he completely took over Wall Street pretty much. Uh, Marcus, right. I, I would mention you can read about the $12 million man, but if, if you haven't read about $12 million man, go and have a look at the articles archive and uh, look him up. But this is one of our members who... I think you need to rename the article, Marcus. It's probably more like the $40 million man now. He's the $40 million man. Uh, this is a man who started with around 180 $80,000 and has turned it into $30 million using the one stock portfolio method, putting it all in one stock. Not something we'd recommend at home, but he has succeeded doing that. He, his major holding is Lion Town, which is, of course, a lithium stock. Henry? Uh, my investor of choice would be Kathy Wood. I have to say there's probably been no one more visionary, forward-looking, and a better, better marketer of future than Kathy. Uh, she has grown that fund now, regardless of her performance in the last year or so. She has done more for young people embracing the stock market than probably anybody else, and especially some of the old crusties uh, like the Buffets of this world who uh, really are for us old people, whereas Kathy is for a younger generation, even though she's in her 60s. Right. And short positions on her funds are running at record highs at the moment, so uh, which is often a counter indicator anyway. It might be worth looking at her ETF. Uh, good. That's yeah. about that. Well, it, it's, it, it's funny, though, that there has been no uh, actual retail slippage in terms of people backing her. The money that has come out of her fund is market performance and a bit of instone money, but the retail investors are sticking with her through thick and thin. So interesting. Interesting. Right. Good. As I leave you, as we leave you, market up 26 points. It's been up 54 at one point. Notable features today are CSL up 4.5%, tech stocks getting belted, and a host of results with mixed messages in those all mixed performances this morning. That's about it. Have a fabulous day, everybody. See you